and welcome again to another honestly unhinged episode of the movies hosted by yours truly daniel barrios today we are talking about robbie banfinch's the outwaters This is another episode where I do one the day after putting out another one. I just dropped the episode on Top Gun Maverick yesterday, so if you haven't heard that one, it's the episode before this one in the little list on whatever platform service you're listening to. So yeah, you can check that out. But uh, The Outwaters is a found footage horror movie directed, written, starring, edited, Cinematography done by, produced by Robbie Van Fitch. Uh, it's about this group of four friends that go out into the desert to shoot a music video for one of the friends, a folk artist, uh, Michelle August, played by Michelle May. This is one of those movies where the actors, uh, Robbie Van Fitch, Michelle May, Scott uh, Shamel, and Angela Basolis, all play characters that are just their own names. It's that type of movie. Very, very fucking DIY. To the point where when you look at IMDb and you see all the camera operators, everyone who's in the cast is also a camera operator. It is DIY as fuck. But uh, they go into the desert shooting this music video for a folk artist, and one day just shit goes south. And the rest of the movie is just an odyssey through hell viewed from uh, mainly Robbie's perspective because he's the one holding the camera the most of the time and just seeing a bunch of whacked out shit. Like fucking pools of blood and viscera and tentacles and like shrieking and things that kind of might resemble worms but most of the movie is in total darkness and shot with like a little iris the size of a pin the flashlight that's emanated and so when you're watching this movie it's two halves the first hour it's an hour 40 minutes the first hour is all just set up it's these friends, kind of like a road trip. Uh, I saw a review that described a lot of this as location porn. And yeah, it kind of is. Because once they get to the desert, you've just got these vast mountains and in the background. You've got these great va- like these great valleys. The desert is so like, cr- like perfectly crisp. And the sand, you can almost just like feel like washing over your face. It's one of those just like Coachella wet dream type of things. And that is, you know, that stuff I think is really worth it. Watching the movie for that, uh, the sort of mysteries that come with living in the desert. There's a little bit of like psychedelia going on. Uh, there's actually a really cool scene where I think he takes one of the microphones, the boom mics, and puts it inside this rock. And you just start hearing like these warbling sounds from inside there. And, you know, 
the way people talk about the desert and like some electromagnetic currents that could be emanating through all the minerals like it's a completely different environment to what you're used to and sort of that alien nature sort of kind of leans you in to the mystery of the desert although there is no mystery about what's going on the movie opens with like this cold paranormal activity style opening that's like hey this is found footage from the mojave county police department uh this stuff was marked as five years earlier from when we found it uh these are the people that we're looking for in this case and this is the shit that we got so right off the bat you know it's a found footage movie you're hearing this 911 call that makes no fucking sense because it sounds like there's multiple voices layered on top of each other and it's this immediate uh shock to the senses way to start a movie just sitting there listening to this screeching this unearthly screeching from one of the characters you don't know who they are at this point and boom we go from there meet the friends meet the folk music artist have some dances and it really is just a road trip for the first part and there's a couple of you know threads like uh, the folk artist is very connected to her mother starts singing songs because uh, starts singing songs and dressing a certain way and wearing the accessories that her late mother has and so there's that connection that's built up there you got two brothers uh, one of them played by Ban Fitch himself Robbie main dude and then the other one Sky played by Scott uh, Chanel and Scott's the quiet one Robbie is the the filmmaker is the artsy kid is the creative whatever and then they've got their friend Ange Angela who's uh, the makeup artist for uh, Michelle on the thing so just quick you know a lot of the shenanigans are exactly what you expect them fucking around in the desert playing with cameras uh, talking about uh, Michelle's motivations for the record and what she wants the music video to look like and sound like and in this i found are the best things in the movie a lot of this really cool uh, cinematography just there's a specific shot where he like and the one thing you'll notice about this movie straight the fuck off is that close-ups are banfitch's best friend and he loves them dearly he loves them so much that he wouldn't dare think of cheating on the close-up with a medium or a wide shot boy he will fucking get in your goddamn face and go for it and at the beginning of the movie it's kind of annoying just because it's so intense but when they're in the desert man and he's looking into her eyeglasses and gets to see some reflections i remember just open being like holy shit look at that like that's a great fucking shot like that's so cool a lot of uh, the micro stuff that he's doing with the close-ups i thought was pretty neat and then the second half of the movie kicks in because, you know, when you're in the desert, the sort of transition into creepy shit starts out OK. You know, there's him sticking the microphone into rocks and hearing weird noises. And then there's the first time they hear a thunderstorm where, you know, we live in suburbia. So we've got sort of insulation via a shit ton of buildings and trees and concrete you know a lot of stuff can just bounce the sound waves of thunder off but when you're in the middle of the desert and there's nothing but like cactuses and just flat ground 
a thunderclap sounds like God punching you in the face. That stuff is super intense. And the movie, through the mysticism of the desert that it's bringing out, is also bringing elements of like, okay, there could easily be, like, you understand immediately hanging out in this place how fucking Area 51 would be a thing. So there's that. And then the movie just kind of sharply turns. A full-blown 270-degree turn in the opposite direction. It reminds me... (laughs) The way I'm thinking about this... This is going to be a weird side tangent. The way I'm thinking about this is when I went to Puerto Rico. I'm I'm Puerto Rican, so I went back uh, uh, this July, or last July, to go hang out with my grandparents. And we're driving down the road... And then suddenly we went onto another road that I swear to God, if I'm driving forward, they turn the car so it would go backwards, but it somehow went up a hill at about like a 70 degree angle. So I, I, you're just driving straight and then suddenly turn, turn up a mountain. And it's like, what, what the fuck? How is there a road here? You don't even see it. It's blocked by fucking trees. But no, that's how sharp of a turn we take in this movie. There is an unknown assailant. And you don't really see anything. There's a lot of blood. As far as I can tell, there's a lot of blood because it's just red. It's pooling. It's almost bubbling at some points. And then the rest of the movie is just watching Robbie's point of view, holding this camera and just going through it. And it sounds like it's going to be redundant to say an ayahuasca trip, but kind of what it would be best described as. A lot of it is shot in darkness. There's only a very small flashlight that shows you only like a perfect circle, a very tiny iris of what can be seen at a time. And most of the time, it's just, things that flash in front of the screen. Like at one point there's like the sausage thing that I'm like, is that a tentacle? Is that a worm? Uh, Then you'll see like bubbles of blood and then you'll see like this blood mixed with mud and just all throughout there's this screaming and the hyperventilating of Robbie because he's freaking the fuck out. He doesn't know what's going on and neither do I. And for 40 minutes, I have no idea what the fuck's going on. And For some people, I imagine watching this in a theater is going to work one of two ways for you. With either with the better sound system and the complete darkness and the expectation that, you know, you're there in a movie theater, shut the fuck up. You got one thing to focus on and that is the thing that you're watching right now. It'll either draw you into the sensory experience of what it's like to be living this sort of sci-fi horror panic attack or i've seen a tweet where someone got an anxiety attack themselves from this because the sensory overload is so much like i know my wife would hate this movie my wife gets annoyed when the fucking uh for about lack of a better word beer the mini fridge is sort of buzzing when we're going to sleep if you cannot sleep with things in your ear this movie is not for you because it's going to pummel you and assault you with sound and noise and just all of this unpleasant list layered together as you're going through one person's freak out. And 
I feel like describing the movie in two ways. In one way is a spoiler, but it's really not because so much of the movie is left to interpretation, is left to you trying to figure out what the hell it is that it just, uh, you know, you cannot really spoil a thing like this. You can only really go into like specifics and that I'm not going to go into because, you know, if you want to watch this thing, you can watch it. But uh, that's kind of what a... It's just a bizarre movie. And uh, for me, I'll come out and say, I just don't like it. I know this is absolutely not for me. And the best way I can describe it is that because everything is in total darkness near the end, the horror part of it, and so much of it is shot through like a pinprick of light, that once I get to that point, at a certain point, things that were supposed to be horrifying, like, oh my god, look at all this blood, at a certain point, it just becomes flashes of red, it just becomes liquid. And there's so little context to what's going on that it stops being scary. And instead, that pummeling of sound just annoys the shit out of me. Like, I'm just bored at a certain point. It's almost like when you try to say a word and you think about it way too hard and it stops becoming an actual word and just starts becoming a mesh of... Know, sounds that you create with your vocal cords you know it, it stops losing all actual purpose and meaning and just becomes sensory experience and when i'm getting too much of that and i don't really have any context for what's going on i'm not scared by it you know ultimately i think if i were in a theater where that experience is much more easily conveyable to an audience without like I'm sitting on my laptop. I can look up. There's my closet door. I can look to my left. There's my toilet. I can look to my right. There's my window. I guess you'd have to see this in a theater, but also I can see people watching this in a theater and becoming annoyed because they can't leave or they paid money to see something that's just assaulting their senses without really any understanding of what the hell's going on. So I can understand people being frustrated with this immediately like I was. And I remember I'm just leaning back. I'm watching this on my bed and I'm just leaning back against the headboard, just bored. Just watching the same kind of movement over and over. And then suddenly there'd be like a break to where something different happens. And I do have a little bit of context for it, but not within the sequence. Like something that'll come up from the past part of the movie comes back in the future. And I'm just like, okay. Why is this here? What are we doing? And because there is no explanation and no context, even in a visual standpoint to me, uh, it just didn't convey... Like, I understand that there are movies where you've got to piece the puzzle together, but in this one, I just had absolutely no interest after a while to piece any puzzle together. And I find that like it's trying to piece a puzzle when all the pieces look the exact same. There's no extra bump, right? There's no corner piece. It's all just a flat square. And I'm like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this if it all looks the same? Like, how am I supposed to piece this together? So that's where it absolutely doesn't work. The end 
caught me off guard so hard that I started cackling. And I was laughing my ass. And you know when you're being a dick and laughing, right? You know when you're watching a movie and you don't like it and you laugh because it's like, oh my God, this thing is so fucking stupid. I can't stand it. That's not what happened. This movie caught me off guard so hard at the end that I remember just cackling with laughter because it it was something I understood and it was so random. And in any other movie, that would be a big, like, shocking moment. But here, it just felt like they literally, they almost threw a bone to me to be like, oh, here's something that you can understand real quick. And like, oh, this is normally supposed to be shocking in movies. But because it came after all the barrage of nonsense, I just sit there like, all right, that's fucking hilarious. Like, wow, you it almost felt like a desperate move to me. Like, there are some choices in here that are so off the wall that I just found it kind of cloying. A really, like, not necessarily poor taste because fuck, I'm a gorehound too and just a fan of fucked up shit. But it just found to me like, oh, you really didn't need to do this? Or if you did... You again, puzzle piece metaphor, you never gave me the bumps to piece together this one moment that on its own just seems like a tossing a bone to somebody being like, oh, you know, we know people are interested and shocked by violence and sex and, you know, gore in movies. So here, this is something you can latch on to. I don't know. It just didn't sit well with me. Some directorial choices made here. I will say I respect the effort. I mean, I'm a Gaspar Noé fan. I love Enter the Void. So when I watch an odyssey of a guy who dies in a fucking, after a drug deal gone wrong, when his spirit just starts floating around and the hours after he dies, basically, like I have at least that understanding and that whatever comes out can come out because it's just spiritual. But in this one, the actual way it was shot and filmed left me with so little to work with that I just didn't care anymore. I just didn't care. And I know a lot of people are really stricken by the sort of nature of this movie, how abrasive it is. And I guess if you're into that kind of thing, then yeah, you're really gonna get it here. If you don't want a movie to explain anything to you at all, if you want this thing to just hit you with whatever... If you're here for the vibe, specifically only the vibe, then yeah, this is a movie that you will definitely find something in. You know, there's a, I talked about Deftones, one of my favorite bands in a a couple episodes ago. And some of their lyrics just don't make sense, but merely the visual in my head of the lyrics to something like Knife Party or like be quiet and drive that kind of feeling that mood that those individual splurts of imagery evoke is enough to kind of let me sink into what the music feels and i can appreciate it on that level and on this this example i just don't it's a movie that's explicitly just not for me and i think i'm gonna leave it at that uh performances are fine to they're like kind of stale to fine uh 
But I will say the desert stuff looks great. I like Robbie's eye, uh, Van Fitch's eye for cinematography, especially in the micro. That stuff is super cool. I do want to see if he comes up with something else. You know, I'm not into his experimental lane, but you know, as far as like, uh, as far as maybe other narrative works, like I want to see what else he's got. So I might not like this movie at all. I borderline hate it, but I respect the effort. And I think this guy does have talent. It's just this movie is not mine. But anyway, thank you very much for listening to another episode of The Movies. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at the movies underscore pod. I'm on Instagram at the movies pod letterbox. The link is in the description. And also, if you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please let me know what you think of the show. Just give it a rating. But more than that, give it a review. I will read it on the next episode if I get one. Any any reviews that I get on Apple Podcasts, I will read. If you want to leave me a review on Twitter, do so as well. But until next time, friends, I'm going to leave you with uh, another song. But let me think. You know what? Fuck it. We're <laughs> Paramore's album dropped yesterday, and I gave you a Paramore song on the Top Gun Maverick episode. I'm gonna give you another Paramore song. This is my actual favorite song from the new album. This is why it is called Crave. And until next time, my friends, y'all take care.